0: Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing character of wargaming in the Mortal Realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, yet another episode or mini-sode as part of our Brotherhood Team Event mini-series. Today the team captain I'm talking to is Liam Jordan from Beast Midlands. Hello. Hello, and, and I guess welcome back. But listeners don't know that you were on before because we did actually record a podcast uh, a few days ago, didn't we? Best part of a week, I think, now. Oh, best part oh, was it really that long ago? Um, but that hasn't quite yet been released, but um, Liam is one of the TOs for a tournament called War in the Heartlands. Uh, do you want to do a very brief shout-out to War in the Heartlands, yeah, Liam? why not?
1: So it is running on the, I want to say, 18th and 19th of July in the Montfort Student Union Hall. It's a 100-player AUS event, 2,000 points. Um, standard tournament layout, but a bit what me and Mark want to make it stand out for.
0: Awesome. And if you want to hear more about A War in the Heartlands, you can tune into to a future episode of Priority Roll. Uh, but until then, uh, Liam, do you want to just sort of introduce who you are very briefly?
1: Yes, yeah, so my name's Liam Jordan. I've been playing Age of Sigmar since DayDot. Um, before that, started playing Warhammer in... 3rd edition, 40k, and played it through till probably 6th, 7th edition, world that was as it is, and disappeared, played War Machine quite competitively for a few years, did quite a few international events at that, quite a few team events, which is one of the reasons I'm here for this, and then they came back for Games Workshop towards the end of 8th edition, And started playing Age of Sigmar from the off. Didn't really do much in the Wild West days due to new additions to the family. But since then, since he's got to a stage where he's a little more, no longer needing a parent 24-7, then getting back into a tournament scene now.
0: Awesome. And you are the captain of Beast Midlands, one assumes from the Midlands area. Um, Yeah do you want to uh talk us through who they are
1: so um the team kind of came together about a year ago for the one world team tournament um we were i can't remember exactly what happened but i think mark said that he would got 240k friends who were trying to get into aos and they needed a couple of people for um the one world team tournament so myself and tom frettwell joined in with max barton and christian moore and that's kind of the base of our current team um For that event, and it's still all four of us here for this. We've got uh, Will Barton, who is uh, local to us, logistical side of Nottingham, so he fits in quite well. And then our final member is Eric Mm Hooger, and he is very much um, a late addition to the team, but a very welcome one.
0: So as team captain, how did you go about deciding what list to take or what kind of list to take? Um, how, what was your process there?
1: So um, I think some of it's kind of just happened and some of it's been active decisions. So I'd been playing um, Nighthorn for the last year and decided I wanted a change. So when the Bone Reapers were previewed, I was like, yep, I'm having an end. matter what? And that was the army I was taking. Um, for the rest of the team... Um, kind of factions had fallen into or factions they already had um, we have been really lucky in the fact that we've had very little next to no conflict of interest in team in factions and even when we lost AD, who was originally our sixth member of the team and replaced with Eric the armies that Eric had and wanted to take didn't clash with us still. So we've got myself on the Bone Reapers, Tom on his Flesh ears, Max on Ideneth, Christian on Mortribes, Will on his Gloom Spite, and Eric on his, I think it's Great War.
0: And so you said no faction deconfliction was required, but what about for endless spells or artifacts? Was there uh, Were there any sort of difficult decisions to be made there?
1: Uh, no, again, not really. We um, had a little bit of list chicken with um who was going to take what endless spells between um will and a potential um heart list that we were looking at for tom but that kind of went out the window when tom decided he wasn't going to get it painted in time so again I, i don't think we've honestly had a single conflict anywhere along the lines with items or um spells
0: oh team events on easy mode
1: Really has been there's excellent. Been so, so to...
0: amongst all your lists, have you got? Do you think you've got an answer to every question out there?
1: Um, we've got an answer to most of them. We've definitely got at least one or two answers in every for every team looking at our matrix that we're putting together now. But there's definitely somewhere we're going to be more. Well, yeah, we can put whatever we want into that. And somewhere we're going to have to really work out how the matchup is being played by our opponents to get
0: what we need. So, which ones do you think you're uh, you're going to struggle against? Uh, No, I'll get my head
1: bitten off if I say that.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'll rephrase that. What kinds of lists do you feel like you don't have uh, as good an answer as you would like to have had?
1: It's not as much as having as good an answer as you would have liked, but it's where teams have overloaded in certain styles. So we've taken very much uh, a group of all-comers lists with maybe one or two kind of spanners thrown in there, whereas it's when a team then this is true for any team event when a team then really puts all of their eggs into one basket, if you can't answer that basket well enough, then you are gonna be left out at match up process time. And anyone who says any different to that is lying.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think um, it's definitely a a decision and an active choice that the team captains and teams are going to have to make, isn't it, in that build-up, is deciding whether to go for a more extreme style or go for a more balanced style and kind of acknowledge the risks uh, on either side of the fence.
1: It definitely is, and that's where player skill and even the the list you've got as for that player makes a big difference. Like, there's no doubt that if Tom had taken a Hall Heart list, it was a better list, but that doesn't mean that Tom's going to play any better than the army he's been playing for the last ten months,
0: yeah, absolutely and um, this is actually something that I was discussing with uh with my friend Chris recently is that there's sometimes the perception that the list does or i feel like so too, too much onus is put on the list itself and not necessarily the driver of the list or uh, the experience playing that list it's so when you when you lose games or when one loses games um it's not necessarily the list fault. so people people are very quick to change their lists or how can i make this list more competitive it's like well how many times have you played it i haven't i've written it based off reading the book it's like well we're not going to tell you how to improve your list until you've you know you, it's just you can constantly tweak lists
1: yeah you're 10% right and i think both max and christian came over from 40k the very tail end of 2018 and it's took us a good six months, if not eight to nine months of talking to them to try and drill into them that it isn't decided on the list any like it is in 40k in Age of Sigmar. It's very much a player skill game and the list is part of that skill. But it's maybe 20% of a matchup in total. Even a bad matchup, like in this with this event, especially with the grading scoring system, if you're put into a bad matchup, or what you perceive to be a bad match you're still not expected to come away with that with zero points. You're expected to either pull out a minor loss by just frustrating your opponent, or picking up a very quick secondary, or literally running your general into the far corner and putting concentric, concentric rings around him to deny them their objective. And at the end of the event, all those little points picked up could be the difference between a podium and not.
0: It's all about all about the long game, isn't it, and the bigger picture. Yeah, totally. So, Liam, what's your uh, what's your overall aim for the weekend? Well, what, what are two aims? What, what are your what are your aims on a personal level for you, for Liam, and uh, what are your aims for the team? Well,
1: for my own personal, I'd like to have everyone still talking to me at the end of the weekend. Um, hopefully, they accept the match that they get put into and don't I don't annoy them too much with it. Um, and obviously, the standard I just want to have five good games have a laugh with my friends which is the best bit of a team event and kind of just relax really not take it too seriously but see what happens in terms of team aims certainly we would love to be on the podium come the end of it but we're not under any illusion that there's a good seven to eight teams there who on the day could comfortably podium at that event or even walk away with it so Kind of say aiming for a trophy of some kind would be great, but it's not going to be the be all and end all.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think that's uh, that's realistic, isn't it? It's I've asked that question to every person, and everyone's everyone wants to do well, but it's it's knowing that actually there there are there are some incredibly tough teams out there, and some incredibly tough lists. And actually, the the um, the team that comes, the teams that come fourth and fifth. Oh, and are going to have done incredibly well to get there, and it's not necessarily a, a, a poor place to be, is it? It isn't, and
1: the event could, as daft as it sounds, if the event could literally come down to who avoids playing one of those top eight teams, or eight, nine teams, however many there are, for the longest, if you start playing um, the Face Hammer Lot, which I know aren't called the Face Hammer Lot, in round one.
0: The Dice Studs Gaming Club. Yes,
1: but then you end up having on the on the tables next to you you've got bad dice versus we'll tell you later and suddenly then you get matched up against whoever lost that one you basically lost you've played two top teams in the first two rounds and it's just the look of a draw and you know any can only
0: tournament any funded. that's that's ap- uh, applicable for any tournament isn't it yes it, is.
1: it totally is but especially in such a small field with only effectively 22 players losing one round definitely doesn't count you out of even winning the event. But getting spanked in two probably does.
0: Fair enough. So let's assume you are on the podium. Who do you think is sharing that podium with you? Which two teams?
1: I've heard loads of people answer this question. And it always comes down to the same ones, doesn't it? So, it does. Um, you can't look past the teams like Team Keen. Like they are just a group of good players. And having a non-playing captain for the whole weekend with a team of good players... It's going to be a really big handicap, not a handicap, boost. Having, not having that player is the handicap. So them having it is just brilliant from their point of view. And I kind of do think there might be some kind of slide in from someone who's not expected or maybe just outside of most people's thinking, like um,
0: fiction. Yeah, let's not, let's not boost, um, boost to Team Keane's egos too much. Let's talk about the wild cards.
1: No, we want to boost their egos so much that all the pressure is on them.
0: Ah, that they get complacent, start making mistakes. Yeah. Well, if we lose, we lose. Like, who cares? But to them, if they lose,
1: then forget the mickey take out of them all weekend.
0: I mean, I'm fairly certain that's going to happen anyway, but,
1: you know, we'll see. Yeah, it will. Um, but yeah, I think Team Fiction will be right up there, come the final scores.
0: Awesome, and then uh, breaking down from teams into lists. Specifically, are there any lists out there that you're uh, you sort of have made you raise an eyebrow? Perhaps something that you'd quite like to run, or you would think going to you're really going to struggle against? What what lists have uh, sort of stood out to you?
1: Uh, from a personal point of view, it's a lot of a go track list. It's this little dwarf that just runs around the table trying to kill as much as he can while trying to defend his army, and it's just such a different way of playing the game. Compared to Everson, I think there's three, four go track lists. So all of them kind of stand out. Um, within our team, um, I really quite like our Beast Claw. Well, not Beast Claw, our More Tribe list.
0: Well, let's talk about that then. Run me through your, uh, your More Tribe list.
1: Right, so our More Tribe list is a, from the Elm of Ashki. We have got a Frostlord on a Stonehorn with a Thermal Rider Cloak and a Meat Cruncher. We've got a Frostlord on a Stonehorn with an Avar I can't re- pronounce that word. Avgar rune tokens. And his trait is a black Clatterhorn. We've a third Stone Lord on a Frost on a frost lord on a Stonehorn. Who's got the school shards of Dragar and his mount trait being the belligerent charger? we've got an Icebrow Hunter who's for General with Winter Ranger. And a second Icebrow hunter. Um, and then we've got one unit of six Saber toss, uh, Frost Sabers even, and six units of two Frost Sabers. Ah, with two Ah, scar-
0: two A du- double Scar Frost Saber list, but then backed up with some punch. Yes,
1: yeah, so it is very much a push forward and see what happens list.
0: Did you but listen yeah, to have- episode one of Party Roll? I have, yes. It sounds very similar to the list that Luke was talking about.
1: Yeah. Um, Christian's definitely spoken to Luke at some point, <laughs> and even my list was done from Luke with some talking and tweaking.
0: Yes, Luke. Luke is an absolute list guru. We're going to, to have him like have him back on soon, actually, to to talk more lists.
1: Yeah, need to. is really good at this. It's, it's, if he, this is his job. would be fine for a living.
0: <laughs> he's gonna okay. write me a, a gloomspite list actually and we're gonna cool. we're gonna discuss it on the next on a future episode so yeah run me talk talk to me about this uh, more tribes list there uh, obviously we've discussed it uh, in length on episode one but um, wh- why have you included it in your in your uh, repertoire
1: because it with the frost sabers and their raw output against anything that doesn't have a good save most units that people leave back to guard objectives just don't work Like, the Frost Sabres will get pumped full of attacks and will kill whatever's back there. So in certain scenarios, you just can't leave the Frost Sabres. Forget about the Frost Sabres. And if you do, you will lose the game. And all this pressure of three Stone Lords coming at you.
0: You blunt, So you blunt the enemy's offensive units with the resilience of the Stonehorns. Yep. Whilst capitalising on the kind of usual trend of leaving a, a poor unit of five Vanguard hunters or, you know, ten Skinks on a on a rear objective with the Frost Savers. Exactly. And, and then if if, you if people a... want to then put decent units on the objectives to counteract the Frost Savers Then there's less to stop the Stonehorns. Less to stop Stonehorns. Oh, yeah, I like it.
1: It's a very simple list in terms of how to describe playing it, but it's definitely got some kick to it and definitely got a few tricks.
0: What kinds of lists do you think you're going to be pairing that kind of thing up against? Um, ideally, ones it's going to beat. <laughs> Excellent tactical insight there, Liam.
1: I know it's easy, isn't it, it's like football? Just score more goals and <laughs> just the other put team the ball in the fight. back of
0: the net, right? Yeah. Even I know that. Um, so, do you, you know is this is this going to be something? You, is this one of your kind of like AAA lists that you feel like you're going to be putting into tough matchups, or are you have you got kind of got something in mind how you're going to be using it? Well, to be honest, I
1: don't think there's. I don't think that's the correct way to approach your pairing process. Um, You need to like anything should be able to depending on what what set of armies your opponent's got and what set of lists they've got. There shouldn't be a this is going down. So, like for example, um, I've spoken to a few players who their teams have picked up. I've got one really really well rounded army, and that will always be their first drop, but that might not always be the best first drop. So it's kind of being able to play on the fly, and why doing your research leading into the event, is really important.
0: Yeah. So so lists lists have roles rather than preconceived ideas of what they're going to achieve, and if a list can achieve that role against a certain army, then it will do that. But you need to know the list and know your opponent's lists well enough to be able to be flexible and kind of a bit of agile thinking working out. What is the best use of this list? And if it's not necessarily the role that you have an idea of, then that's no, no great shame. And, and being able to change that and be comfortable with changing that is, is kind of the, the key to making good decisions in that matchup process, right?
1: Yeah, totally. So, for example, there might even be a case where you feel that a matchup depends on who wins priority in turn two. Like you spoke about with one of the guests the other day about when you practiced against Les and you had just played the first one turn when you did priority for turn two and then called it because you had to go home yeah um but you knew what that meant for the game so sometimes there'll be a case where do you actually want to give someone a 40 percent chance of winning or do you want to give to get a 60 percent somewhere else or is it a situation where you might need two wins from both games so to do that you actually put them into the other team other other armies where they both depend on a priority role for turn two so they be become 50-50s as opposed to 60-40 and 40-60. But you won't know that until you get into the event and play the first three rounds. I don't know if you need to play catch-up or you play safe. So it changes throughout the event as well, not just based on what the actual army is.
0: I like it, mate. And and obviously this is why you're captain, because uh, you, you, you identified that and uh, can articulate it really well.
1: I'm trying to, just trying not to die while I'm coughing.
0: Try not to die. Well, we appreciate you joining us whilst you're feeling a bit poorly. Um, do, do you want to talk about any of the other lists?
1: No, I think if I talk about anything else, Max will have my head.
0: You'll, uh, you'll give too many secrets away. Not just secrets, but I'll just tell everyone everything. You know. <laughs> my well, in that case, let's move on. So what's been the biggest challenge for you as captain in uh, preparation for this event? Getting the
1: team to actually do what I tell them to. Like, submit lists, lists go up, double check your lists. And then today, oh, someone spotted something that wasn't on the list. I like, told you three times in three days to check your list. Just check them. Takes you two minutes. But apart from that, like I say, it's been pretty plain sailing.
0: Like herding cats, has it been at times. Cats has been generous. <laughs> Very disorganized cats.
1: Yeah, basically. Awesome. Rebellious
0: cats. Rebellious cats with, with a, a mindful, willful, rebellious cats. So is there anything you're apprehensive about or, or concerned about this weekend?
1: Max having an aneurysm in some way, shape or form. So he doesn't handle stress at the best of times and sticking him into a matchup process you have to, I'm going to tell him to walk away from the table at some point, and I I am but if that means he goes and gets a drink and calms down then it's well
0: worth it fair enough fair enough and if you had one piece of advice to give to all the players attending the event what would it be?
1: don't take it too seriously yeah we all want to win but at the end of the day it's a game and it's not the end of the world if you win lose, draw whatever it doesn't matter
0: really play play the game in the correct spirit yeah basically don't be a d- <laughs> yeah, fair one well Liam thank you very much for joining us uh, and before we move on to I the pleasure. final two questions uh, do you have any shout outs
1: no no none really just looking forward to seeing people at the event and playing some good war well,
0: yeah absolutely so we have already shouted out your event but um, definitely stay tuned for a future episode of uh, Priority Roll where we'll, we'll be talking about war in the heartlands uh, in greater detail uh, Liam I asked you these two questions last week um, and I'm now going to ask you them again But I want you to give me different answers. Different answers. Yeah, you get round two. Ooh, exciting. So, first of all, can you remember what you said in the last episode? You can, excellent. So, you know the questions. If you could protect one thing about Age of Sigmar and never have it change, what would that be? And if you could only change one thing in Age of Sigmar and the rest of the game would never change, what would that be?
1: Um, For protecting one thing, I would go for... I didn't really think this through, really, because I figured I'd already answered them. I would.
0: Go <laughs> you thought for, he's not going to ask me that? He's already done. It.
1: It? No, just copy and paste it from the last one. <laughs> um, I would go for keeping a light like persistent spell effects. So something that, and the way it plays through to your next hero phase, so it becomes a part of the priority sequence. Like the whole, if I put this buff on this unit, and it it doesn't just last until they finish their combat a lot of time, it will last no matter. Who wins the priority? So actually, if I've got a good unit, nice defensive unit with a load of buffs on it, but it's not going anywhere, I don't need to win priority Well, I can give it away. I can not really care. And if I do win, then I'm in a perfect place to take advantage of it.
0: Ah, yeah, I like it. That's a good one. And what about something you would change?
1: One thing I would change... It would... It's kind of a nice way to say it. Um... I would probably, I'd like to see a scoring system for scenarios, which was constant. So coming from my War Machine and Horde days, every scenario finished at five points, and there were still 21, 28 in the back. But it, what it meant was that you could then use a scenario as a tiebreaker with events as well, or give out prizes to whoever had the most control points over an event, and it meant it was some, you could take a bloodthirsty army and go for the most kill points, or you could take a, a, a scenario-driven army and play for that more than trying to kill things. And where you can do that in any segment is definitely part of it. Through an awful lot of times in games where killing becomes more effective than trying to delay a scenario anymore, and I'd like to see scenario be an even bigger part of the game than it is.
0: Okay, and, and how would you do that? How would you implement that change? It means um, getting rid of
1: the vast majority of scenarios and rewriting it from scratch with a set scoring system in mind, but it needs someone far cleverer than me to be able to do that.
0: <laughs> well, fingers crossed. We never know what the next General's Handbook holds in store for the game, and uh, perhaps we'll see uh, changes to scenarios in the future. Well, Liam, as I say, thank you for joining us, and all that remains is for me to wish you and the rest of Beast Midlands the very best of luck at Brotherhood 2020.
1: Cheers for having us. Cheers. Bye
0: thanks for listening to priority roll if you want to get in touch with us we're at priority roll on both twitter and instagram you can send us an email priority roll podcast at gmail.com or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority roll and leave us a voice message if you want to leave us some feedback we're always looking to improve or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows then feel free to get in contact with us we'd love to hear from you until next time thanks for listening to priority roll